may be cold outside, but there's a warm breeze coming. It's our captain of patriotism, Ben Armstrong. Oh, yes, it is the greatest weekend talk show in all of the land. Yeah. All right. Special thanks to Brian Bolesky. Ben, it's good to see you, buddy. I know. We're going to open up the phone lines today. All right. I needed Brian back there. He's going to allow people to actually talk to me. I know. People have been dying to talk to me since after the election. I understand. That's because a week from today, we we would have woken up and said those three glorious words, former President Obama. Isn't that the best? That is just awesome. Party at my condo Friday at noon. (laughs) It's going to be a blowout, Farmington Hills. (laughs) All right. We're all going. I'm there. All right, buddy. I, I got to tell you, I am so excited that it's less than a week. Less than a week away, and Obama is gone. On top of that, then we have Donald Trump being president. How could it get even better? It's not like it's just Obama's gone, and then there's just going to be a Joe Schmo. No. It's going to be Donald Trump. It's going to be exciting. I just, I know all of you are like me. We're just counting the days. It just... We thought we weren't going to survive the last eight years, and it could have been possible that America collapsed under Obama if they had been more aggressive in their agenda. They actually weren't as aggressive as I thought they would be, to be honest, really. I don't think they realized how much they could really get away with. Didn't they realize they could get away with anything, and they weren't being held accountable by the Republicans at all, that they, he could just be as unconstitutional as he wanted to be? That's that's the fascinating thing. I kept saying, thank goodness they don't realize that they could do even worse than what they did. I mean, they were trying as hard as they can, but they could have done so much worse. Look, I said, later today, I know you're, you're going to be excited about it. I'm going to open up the phone lines today. So the key is, if you do want to talk to me really bad, you got to get in early to ensure that you will be able to talk to me because I can't guarantee I can get to every phone call. So you'll want to get in early. Let me give out the phone number so that you can get in early. 800-923-WDTK. That's 800-923-WDTK. I will be taking phone calls later in the show, but get in early. Yeah, you might have to hold for a little bit, but it won't be too long. I I will get to your call. So get in early. 800-923-WDTK. Montage of the media flipping out because, unlike us, we're celebrating that Obama is gone. Can't wait. The media just gushed over Obama's farewell address. They just, oh my gosh, that he's the greatest ever. This is cut too, Brian. You got to play it right now. Go ahead and play the media flipping out about how much they love Obama. Oh, cut number two. That's what it will be. It's a montage. Just let me know when you have it, and then we'll get to it. You got it? Oh, no, you don't have it, but that's all right. We don't have to go to it right this second. We can go to it in a little bit. Look, I'll set up the the cut a little bit more while Brian gets a chance to hold it. It is the media flipping out, but at the same time, saying how wonderful Barack Obama is, how great he is. Oh, Brian's told me he's ready, so 
Let's play it. Go ahead. Cut to. America will forever be indebted to him for the character that he showed and for the class that he showed and the dignity that he showed beyond reproach. And he's been scandal free, frankly, in the White House. We haven't had that for a while. On that song of hope that brought him to the White House, part campaign speech, part State of the Union, sermon on democracy, a song of gratitude and hope. It, it was everything. It was the 2004 keynote address. It was the race speech in Philadelphia, all of it combined. And I don't think that anyone could have done a better farewell address. What we owe this man and his family for bringing that example to all of our children and our nation. Oh, this room was electric. It still is electric. People are on their feet. Some people are crying. Many of them are cheering. The crowd here hanging on his every single word. Uh, there just aren't a whole lot of cultural events that pull us together. For a lot of Americans, last night was one of those. Whatever friends of yours uh, indicated that they told their kids to sit down and watch this with them, that's good parenting. That was a spectacular moment last mm. night. And the speech was, I thought, uh, spectacular. We are not going to be hearing a speech like this from a sitting president for the next and look, four or eight years. Let's be honest. I mean, he is an orator. That's just who he is. And that's why he can hit it out of the park like this. Well, this is the kind of speech that got him elected the president of the United States. It's going to be a while. Uh, you know, who knows how long before we can hear a speech like this. This is a rock and roll concert, a political rally. The energy level is high. And the amount of love in this city for the president is just sky high. Well, he stayed uh, not only in office, but now is leaving office with an incredibly positive approval rating and is uh, the most respected man in America. Well, he's very eloquence. You cannot take that away from him. He's one of the most eloquent presidents we've had for a long, long time. He'll go down in history as both a consequential and excellent um, president um, viewed from the very beginning of the country until now. I think that his, his economic record alone in terms of saving us from the Great Depression, if that's the only thing you knew about no. him, uh, even if he hadn't been the first African-American president doing it, that alone will put him um, in, the, in the top 10 presidents in U.S. history. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I know. That's almost painful. To listen to. I need KO Peck take now. <laughs> I'll be down the hall. <laughs> well, it is it, it it is the media showing their true colors. They just gush, gush over Obama. And you saw how they already treat Donald Trump. We'll get to that in a little bit. I mean, the the drastic distinction between how they treat Obama and how they treat Trump is unbelievable. But they're just gushing all over him. And what are they gushing over, really? He pushed an agenda to make us socialists. He wanted us to be one-worlders. He hates what the American Constitution stands for. He doesn't want Americans to have the right to bear arms. I mean, what is it that they gush over? He wanted to force everyone into health care because he wants the government to control it? That You're gushing over that? He loves that babies are murdered? In the womb, all over America, he's this giant pro-abortion guy, and you're gushing all over it. He changed the definition of marriage by pushing it, and then the Supreme Court ruling on it, obviously, because of the left, and the lefties on the Supreme Court, totally just destroyed the whole definition of what marriage even is. And so, these people gush over it, and you think, what are they gushing over? He hates Christian values? Is that what they're gushing over? The answer is, yes, that's what they're gushing over. That's exactly what they're gushing over. 
But how do they think that they're on the side of good? That's what's like some of them even really trick themselves into thinking that. That, that that always amazes me. But look, that's how they view Obama, this, the greatest president of all time. Uh, you sit your kids down and have them watch. That's good parenting. Yeah, having being brainwashed by Obama, the greatest liar of all time. Obama, if you sit your kids down, here's what good parenting is. This is what I tell my kids. Don't listen to what Obama says. You watch what Obama does. That's good parenting. Don't worry about what he says. He can make me even think he sounds good at times because he'll say things that sound like conservative views that we even believe in. But he doesn't believe those things. He's just saying them. Watch what he does and you'll see. He doesn't do anything that is of value to us, to our beliefs. So don't be tricked by what he says. Now, that's good parenting. Here's what Obama really, here's his, when he's really giving action to what he really believes. Cut one, the Obama update theme. That's what tells you what it is. We need to play it since I, we're talking about Obama. Let's play the Obama update theme. It's cut one. Brian, go ahead and play cut one. We are no longer a Christian nation. Did he make a deal with the devil? Islam has always been a part of America's story. My Muslim faith, and you're absolutely right that that has not Christian come... Christian faith. Yeah, my, as a boy, I spent several years in Indonesia and heard the call of the Azan at the break of dawn. I have known Islam on three continents before coming to the region where it was first revealed. Many other Americans have Muslims in their families or have lived in a Muslim-majority country. I know because I am one of them. In Ankara, I made clear that America is not and never will be at war with Islam. ISIL is not Islamic. No religion condones the killing of innocents. The future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. There we go. The Obama update theme, which much more accurately represents who Obama is than the way the media does. Anyways, Obama, you know, he's going out. He gives Joe Biden. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but he gave Joe Biden the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yes. You know, Ronald Reagan received the Presidential Medal of Freedom by uh, the first George Bush. Um, So this isn't unprecedented for a politician to receive this type of thing. Anyways, Biden received it from Obama and Biden was crying all over the place because they love praise. They love honor and praise. Oh, makes them feel so good. But the question is, what did Joe Biden do to deserve it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, what is, can you think of anything? Okay. Joe Biden, here's the presidential medal of freedom for, being the best brown noser ever? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe he, he's got the darkest brown nose anyone has ever seen as a vice president. I guess that's why he's receiving it. I don't know. I mean, let's have some highlights of Joe Biden. Here's a montage. It's, it's a little bit of the crude side of, of Joe Biden. Cut number seven, Brian. Go ahead and play that. I think I'd have the same attitude that did I not sleep with a community college professor every night. 
Of the same one. The same one. Those walls were awful thin. I wonder how the hell my parents did it, but that's a different story. Thank you, uh, Terry. And thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. And thank you, Chancellor. Or Dr. Paper. And thank you, Chancellor. I've known eight presidents, three of the minimum. To heed the timeless advice from Teddy Roosevelt, speak softly and carry a big stick. End of quote. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I promise you. Hey, don't tell Joe. You know, there's an old Irish saying that says, may the, may the hinges of our friendship never go rusty. Well, with these two folks that you're going about to meet, if you haven't already, there's no doubt about them staying oiled and lubricated here. Ladies and gentlemen, Now, for you if, who are not full Irish in this room, uh, lubricating has a different meaning for us all. <laughs> Ladies, spread your legs, you're going to be <laughs> frisked. There you go. Joe Biden. That's why he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I guess. I don't really know. But that's, it is what it is. When we come back from the break, you want to hear this. It's, I'm going to deal with some Trump stuff. And the difference between you, you heard the media gushing over Obama. Let's see the difference of how they love Trump already. He hasn't even taken office yet. When we come back, you're going to love it. 800-923-WDTK is the phone number. I will be taking calls. I haven't done it in a while, so be excited. We've already got callers hanging on the line. Get in early because I told you it's going to fill up to where it'll be tough to get to every call. So get in early so that you can talk to me about whatever. If you want to ask me questions, want to talk about what we just covered here on the show, or if you want to just say thanks for all you did trying to get Trump elected, because I know a lot of you told me things, and it wasn't just me. This radio station, do you understand in Michigan the biggest difference between when Obama won and when Trump won our state was right here in the metro Detroit area? That means this radio station had a big impact, and it actually caused Trump to win the state. So congratulations to all of you, because I know you talked to coworkers. I know you went out. We tried to arm you with all the information we could give you, and you did the work, and it paid off. So let's celebrate as well. Coming back from the break, more Trump stuff. Stick around. It is the greatest weekend talk show in all of the land, The Ben Armstrong Show. Human beings are a disease cancer of this planet you are a plague and we are the cure carry on my wayward son there'll be peace when you are done lay your weary head to rest don't you cry no Special thanks, as always, to Brian Bolesky. This is the greatest weekend talk show in all of the land, the Ben Armstrong Show. Here's the phone number, because I will open up the phone lines. The phone number, 800-923-WDTK. I'll say it slow. That way you can get to your phone and dial it. 800 923 
WDTK. That will get you right here on the Ben Armstrong Show on this weekend. And uh, I'm not going to fully go to the phone lines yet, but Ed's on a cell phone and he's wanted to talk about Joe Biden. We were just talking about Joe Biden, so we might as well let Ed go right now. Ed, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Well, thank you very much. I came up with the thing that Joe Biden did that was so wonderful for the country. What's that? Uh, the, the, the Biden rule that said you didn't have to replace a Supreme Court justice during election year. <laughs> there you go. That's right. If it wasn't for that, we could be in a much scarier situation with the Supreme Court. But right yes, now we, we have all this hope and joy because we've got Donald Trump coming in and the Democrats are in misery. So thank you, Joe. All right. Then he deserves the medal, I guess, for helping us, the Republicans, in this situation. Of course, it wasn't his intent, but we'll take it. Thanks a lot, Ed. I like it. Great observation. Thanks for listening to the Ben Armstrong Show. Now, I promised you guys that I was going to go and talk about Donald Trump, so let's do it. Trump had a tweet about the fake news that BuzzFeed pushed and pushed about him. And, of course, it was all debunked. It was all fake. And the difference between how the press treats Trump and Obama, it's amazing. I've always said this. You never hear the press shouting a question over Obama. And I would say this when Obama first came in. I said, I remember being young and watching the press shout over Ronald Reagan like crazy. I mean, he would be up there and they would just shout questions. And if he walked off stage, they'd be shouting questions as he's walking, waving. And I said, I've never seen them do that to Obama once. Never. Never, ever, ever. We'll get to that in a little bit of how you'll see the drastic difference. Before we get to that, though, I want to set it up a little bit with Trump talking about his tweet about the fake news and BuzzFeed. You'll hear a reporter ask him the question, and then Trump will answer. Cut nine, Brian. Go ahead and play cut nine. What you had this morning about are we living in Nazi Germany? What were you driving at there? What are you trying to tell the I think it was uh, disgraceful, disgraceful that the intelligence agencies allowed any information that turned out to be so false and fake out. I think it's a disgrace. And I say that, and I say that. And that's something that Nazi Germany would have done and did do. I think it's a disgrace. That information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public. As far as BuzzFeed, which is a failing pile of garbage, writing it, I think they're going to suffer the consequences. They already are. And as far as CNN going out of their way to build it up. And by the way, we just found out I was coming down. Michael Cohn. I was being Michael Cohn is a very talented lawyer. He's a good lawyer in my firm. It was just reported that it wasn't this Michael Cohn they were talking about. So all night long, it's Michael Cohn. I said, I want to see your passport. He brings his passport to my office. I say, hey, wait a minute, he didn't leave the country. He wasn't out of the country. They had Michael Cohn of the Trump Organization was in Prague. It turned out to be a different Michael Cohn. It's a disgrace what took place. It's a disgrace. And I think they ought to apologize to start with. Yeah, there you go. Now, I love the difference between Trump and Obama, too. See, Trump just says it like it is. But the media doesn't know how to handle it. Now, from that point on, because he criticized CNN, CNN gets upset. And this is my favorite cut. But when, when you listen to this, notice 
You've never heard an exchange between Obama and a reporter like this. But I love this. Go ahead and play cut three. Go ahead. Sure. No, Mr. President-elect. Go ahead. Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization you are attacking our news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state... Quiet. Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically... question. Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you give us a question? I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. can you stay categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not go appropriate. <laughs> I love it. That's not appropriate. This is awesome. He's not even president yet, and it's already... See, the difference, they don't know what to do. The difference between Trump and other, at least Republican presidents, is Trump doesn't care about what the press thinks about him. And that's what we love about him. Is he doesn't care. He's not going to, oh, I, I need the press to pat me on the back. He just straight up tells CNN straight to their face that they're fake news, which they are. Now, look, understand, CNN did everything they possibly could to try to damage Trump and not get him elected. It was 24-7 all about Hillary and how awesome she is and how horrible Trump is and how Trump had no chance of winning. Why should Trump you know, have any respect for them. Why should he? It's so stupid that our past Republicans are so afraid to stand up to the press. And we've been craving someone that would stand up to them. And he did. But I wanted you to notice also, notice how you never have heard a reporter yelling at Obama. I haven't got to ask a question. You didn't, because Obama wouldn't call on a lot of people. I think WND had one of their reporters in, and there was slightly exchange. It wasn't even nearly like that. But you wouldn't have this. Get used to this. This is how the press normally acts when a Republican is in office. The last eight years, it's been kumbaya by the press and Obama. They just, Obama talks, they sit back, then they politely ask a question, and then Obama talks. And they're just looking for Obama to give them things to write because they don't want to hurt Obama. So it's just, and now they're hostile. Think of all the things they could have been screaming about Obama. Imagine Benghazi. How come the press wasn't shouting questions at him to make him answer about Benghazi? Why did you release the fake? Why did you say it was a fake video, Mr. President, when you knew it wasn't a fake video? Why did you push that narrative? What is your goal? What are you hiding in Benghazi? What were CIA agents doing there? What were you doing? No, you never heard an exchange like that, and you never will. And now what the press will do is have Obama... He'll sit down and critique Trump because we know he's going to do it. Now, no president does that after they leave office, but we all fully expect Obama to be that way. It's, it's amazing. I want to play the cut again. Get used to this. This isn't going to be an anomaly. This isn't the only time you're going to hear a reporter shouting at Trump. They're going to shout at him when he walks off stage and stuff. That's what's going to happen. Play cut three again. 
Go ahead. Your, no, Mr. President-elect, Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization you're, you are attacking our news organization. Your organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state, can, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically, question. Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be you're rude. attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you no, give I'm us not a question? I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. can you state categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not go appropriate. Ahead. It is very appropriate. It's appropriate to treat the press the way they deserve to be treated if they're going to be scoundrels like they are. CNN has participated in trying to slander Trump as much as possible. BuzzFeed isn't the only one. And Trump knows it. So I don't think Trump was being rude. Trump never called on him. He just started jumping out. of. This is the point. It's not like Trump called on him and then was like, all right, I'm sick of you. Sit down, which, I, you know, Trump could do something like that. I wouldn't put it past him. But the whole point is, is this is a reporter just jumping in. You never saw that. I mean, I can't think of an incident, an incident like that. And this this is before Trump is president. I can't imagine what it's going to be like, except for, yeah, I can in, in some aspects. I think it's going to be worse, but it's going to be like Reagan. I think a lot of people forget what it was like with Reagan. The Reagan when Reagan would talk and have press conferences, I, I'm telling you, the press was more hostile to Reagan than any president I've ever seen in my lifetime. This is going to be equal to that. And most likely surpass it because the Democrats are desperate. They are desperate. They know they're in trouble. And in their desperation, they are going to be flipping out about everything. I mean, just last night, I saw reports about how wages aren't good in America. And they're talking about how people are suffering and poor people and the poor people have all of a sudden reappeared again. During Obama, homeless people disappeared from like NBC's nightly news and, and from 2020 and stuff. There were no homeless people under Obama. Now, oh my gosh, wages are going to be terrible. People are suffering. Corporations are just taking advantage of people. I've, it just happened last night. I'm like, where was this? When Obama, technically Obama's still in office, so what they're really saying is this is because of Obama, but really that's, they know. They're just trying to do this and start ramping up because this is what they do with every Republican president. We, all, we know their game plan. We know what they're going to do, but we can sit back and laugh. This time, we've always been frustrated because we've had Republicans that cave into that junk. But we got a guy that's going to just tell it like it is, and he's not going to care what they do or say. And we are going to love it. And it's going to be a blast. I'm telling you, Trump's presidency is going to be great for America, and it's going to be a blast. And everyone's going to benefit, just like under Reagan. All the lefties benefited under Reagan. They didn't suffer. They benefited. I just wish the liberals that hate Trump wouldn't benefit from a Donald Trump presidency. The sad thing is, is they will. All these Hollywood people with a better economy, they're going to make more money making movies. All these liberal lefties that complain, they're going to have better lifestyles, not worse. So, 
it can get frustrating, I understand, because the media is so awful. But we don't have to be frustrated with this incoming president. We can be excited about it. I'm going to get to a lot more stuff, more cuts. I'm going to open up the phone lines when we come back. Bill, Walter, you'll be the first two up. Here's the phone number, 800-923-WDTK. I know you've been chomping at the bit. Now's your chance. This is the time to get in and vent whatever you need to say. Or talk to me about whatever you want to talk about. It's all open line. 800-923-WDTK. It is the greatest weekend talk show in all of the land, the Ben Armstrong Show. Oh, my God, Ben. What is wrong with you? I truly don't know. You are that guy. That guy that every girl is warned about, but every woman thinks that she can change. And I swear I've known you my whole life, but I have no idea who you are. I mean, who raised you? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. doesn't get any better this week because Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States. I'm still in celebration mode. We all should be. We should be excited. We should love it. We worked hard. We did our best. And I encouraged you the whole way as much as I could to believe that Trump is going to win because he was going to win because I'm good at knowing what is going to happen in these type of situations. At least I have a good track record. And I'm not just someone who's just overly optimistic because you know Maybe you don't know, but my past record, I hated having to tell people, but I kept telling people Obama was going to win when he was going to win. I fought as hard as I could. I was in desperation mode. No one fought against Obama harder than I did. I mean, I was scratching and clawing at Obama, trying to stop him from winning, but I knew, and I had to be honest with you, that he was still going to win. And so when I came out and started telling people that Trump was going to win, I kept telling people, look, I'm not just saying this. I know what I'm talking about. Trump was going to win, and I kept pushing it, and I wanted you to be encouraged because I wanted you to enjoy it. I wanted you to have fun because some people were way too stressed out, and I understand it could get stressful because you're worried. The future of America depended on it. I mean, we were on the verge of collapse if we had more of Obama's agenda. Hillary would have sunk this nation. We are in utter shock that what Obama has done didn't sink us already. And it's going to be tough. It's not like the damage can be reversed instantly. So we got to keep working hard. But I have great faith that God has put Donald Trump as a reward to all those prayers by the Christians. And yeah, it's an unlikely source. Yeah, he's not, you know, Mr pastor down the street type of guy, but he's the guy that will get it done. And I think that's why he was an answer. And God loves to do things in weird ways. And it's not the first time he's used people that you would never think would be used to help his people. It's not the first time the Bible's filled with those incidences. So I'm excited about it. You should be too. Bill's been holding on for the longest. Bill's been holding on since the beginning of the show, I believe. Bill in Rochester, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. How, how right you are, brother. Uh, there, uh, you understand 
that Obama isn't a political uh, president. This is a, he's the culmination of a public relations movement that uh, one of my favorite quotes sort of describes it perfectly, and that is, he goes like this, he goes, bad times create strong men. Think of Reagan. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create bad times. And thank God Almighty, we're a week away from ending that cycle and, and pray to God that we have uh, Ronald Reagan resurrected in, in this fallible man that we are, we are all fallible in some way, shape, or form, but sounds so incredibly um, uh, just have a poor deliverer, yet he's principled, yet, yet we have a war. In, in our, in our, we've got, we're at war here between principle and pander. 100% correct. Right? You are so dead on, Bill. And and I have an answer for you on the Biden thing. The reason this guy uh, received this medal here, think about this here. It's completely appropriate. You have the man who didn't earn a Nobel Peace Prize, who believes in participation trophies, (laughs) providing a participation trophy to a man who is in front of a, a, a black audience and says, You'll, they'll have you all back in chains. You missed that cut in your in your montage. I love that montage, by the way. Oh, thanks. Well, I, I, I didn't create that one, so I can't take credit for it. I actually got that one off the internet. No, this is this is this is how when when you're when you think you're somebody's parent, these are people who are supposed to work for us. They treat us like we're their children. They they tell us that we're going to get our. Uh, they're going to give us money. This is our money. Well, this the sad is thing money. is, Bill. A lot of the country wants to be treated as children. That's why they voted yeah. for Hillary. That's that's yeah. the scale. We got to get people to grow up. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what you first said. Uh, how you're talking about how tough times, you know, creates a tough man, and then the good times create the wake men, and it's like the cycle. And you can totally see the cycle. It's almost a 30 year cycle. Uh, yeah. You can go almost every 30 years. You can go from Eisenhower. And you can see from Eisenhower, great, great president. Of course, they're always Republicans, too, because they'd have to be. (laughs) But you have a great president. And then look at what happened after that. And you can see how we slid and we kept sliding morally and decay and like we were spoiled brats or whatever. And then the rise of Reagan. And then we had these great times in the 80s. And then what happens after Reagan? Then we see the slide and we're sliding. And and it's it's the American people that you're really looking at. The politicians are a reflection of the American people. And then as we get to a certain point, we say, oh, my gosh, enough's enough. And here's the rise of Trump. And we're going to have this big economic boom. And morally, hopefully, this is key. I kept warning people about this. If we have this economic boom, which we will, we have to also have a moral revival in America. It's important because God isn't going to bless us and then let us just do this total immoral lifestyle. We need to actually become more moral and check ourselves. And how do we do that? Look at ourselves and our own lives and just live your life more morally and you'll be a reflection and other people and it will spread and live for God. And that's what I hope we will do. Bill, I appreciate it. I'd let you go on further because you're a great call, but I got way too many calls to get to. Bill, have a great day out there in Rochester. Uh, Walter in Belleville. Walter, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Hey, Ben, I know, hey, it's been a while. I know a lot of times you've been on, I haven't had time to call because there there was no calls allowed, but I want to kind of like just, hey, man, you all the way, man, when you were predicting uh, 
um, the downfall of the Democratic Party and Donald Trump winning. You're probably you're like what I call uh, there's prophets in the Bible. We know that, but I would call your people like you a media media prophet. Well, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I some of it is I got a little. I, it's not luck. I mean, I use skill, but I mean, I'm. I can make mistakes, and so don't think I won't make a mistake in the future where I'll make a prediction and it won't be true. So I don't want to be viewed as a prophet, but, I mean, I used what I know and applied it and used ration instead of a, a, a rational thinking instead of emotional thinking. And what was I seeing? What are my indicators? What, what was my indicators that I knew Obama was going to win? And I was looking at those indicators, and I could see it with Trump. Just like I could see it with Obama, but but I'm not the greatest foreseer of all time or anything. But yeah. I, I appreciate the compliment, Walter. Yeah, but there's another guy like that too. They say he's never missed. Uh, he's been on different uh, talk shows, um, conservative talk shows, um, WMUZ, and everything else about. Um, he he can see those indicators, and he predicted all the last elections who's going to be in, whether Republican or Democrat. So he's been he's been 100% right on. Well, this is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. How soon do we forget? Obama's, I call it the day uh, uh, of horror, when he was inaugurated. Remember them days? Sure. Okay. I mean, there, the celebration on inauguration day for Obama was worldwide. I remember watching that yeah. and them showing cameras around the world. And I felt, and I, for those of you who aren't Christian, you won't relate to this, but I felt like, oh my gosh, it almost felt like an evil spirit went through the world. And I, I, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but it, it was almost scary the way the world it, was celebrating. It was scary, and he was boring. But see, after he captivated, he knows what he, he knew what he was doing. He knew how to captivate the audiences by talking that crap and talking like Farrakhan, looking over the crowds. He looks over the crowds like a dictator. Mm-hmm. He did that during his argument. Every time he speaks, he does the same thing. He looks from the left and the right. He's well, he well polished. And, but it's some things he said in that inauguration that just kind of went over people's heads. And, and, and of course, you and I both knew he was a devil before he even got in office. But I kind of jotted down what he said because that, that's a, there's a station, a black communist station that comes on Mondays through Fridays on the nine, I mean, on the, on the AM dial. And, uh, they was playing some of his old speeches. They played the inauguration on their on their radio program this whole week, and I noticed something that a lot of people didn't catch. What was that? And this was what he said. First, he kept on. He after he had got the confidence built up with hope and change, and yes, we can. He says, "We as he said so many words. We, the way that we use our energy. So he's going. He's talking global warming." He says, the way we use our energy threatens our enemies and destroys our planet. And the people clap. The most amazing part was the people clap for him when he said that. He was attacking our oil, our natural gas, our natural resources. And we knew he was, and we know, I knew he's going down that road then. And it just went over people's head. And the, and the most baffling part was that they clapped for this guy. And well, yeah. And it's amazing to hear them talk about, well, there's been more oil exploration under Obama and all this stuff that they talk about. And what people don't realize is, yeah, that was 
even despite all their efforts to stop that. They, they stopped the pipeline. They're doing everything they can to oppress the oil companies. And despite all of it, we still, still expanded. And, and, and they didn't know what to do about it. It wasn't because they didn't try. And it wasn't because they were like saying, yeah, we want this. They were trying to stop it full out. Walter, uh, I hope you have a great day out there in Belleville. I got so many other calls I got to get to. I'm going to have to speed up. I can't give as many people as much time as the last two callers because there's just too many. So uh, thanks for calling in, though, Walter. Good to hear from you again. I got to take a break. Uh, we're going to go to Elizabeth, then Bruce, then Marianne. Hang on. Here's the phone number if you want to get in. We'll have to go a little bit quicker. 800-923-WDTK, the greatest weekend talk show in all of the land. Your chance to actually get to talk with me. I haven't been taking phone calls recently because I've been... So busy, and with the election and all the sound bites, I just had to get to as much as I could possibly get to. But now's your chance. 800-923-WDTK. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm still standing better than I ever did. Looking like a two survivor. Feeling like a little kid. Oh, Brian tells me he wants that to be the new Barack Obama theme song because it says, please move. Get out of there, baby. And that's time to move. He's gone. And we'll be so excited when that moment actually has happened because he's not technically gone yet. We just uh, counting the moment because we've all been saying until we see that oath of office and him out of the White House, we're not going to relax until that moment comes, and now it's less than a week away, and we're all excited about it. But I got to hit the phone lines. If you've been trying, uh, you might be getting a busy signal. I know it's jammed. Don't give up. Keep trying, because I'm going to try to get to as many calls as I can. 800-923-WDTK. 800-923-WDTK. Elizabeth in Beverly Hills, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Hello, Ben Armstrong. I wanted to call and thank you for your courage and integrity and know that God placed the desire to leave their cushy lives for the Trumps and the Pence family. And there are a lot of Christian conservatives in Michigan. One of the things that's going to be happening is we're having a Battle Cry Michigan, we're having an inaugural ball up at the Soaring Eagle this coming Friday, and then two days of training, conservative Christian training in how to help drain the swamps in Michigan. 
Mm, okay. Well, yes, we we can drain the swamp in in the state of Michigan as well as nationally. And draining the right. swamp is is a lot more than just see. Some people equate that to getting rid of the crooked politicians that are in office. Well, if they're elected, you're not right. going to be draining them. They're they're in office. Right. Draining the swamp yeah. is getting rid of all these regulations and these bureaucrats that push right. for these regulations, and that is in desperate need. So if you want to yeah. join Elizabeth, where is it again, Elizabeth? Go ahead and let them it, know. It, 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 it's called Battle Cry Michigan, and it is this Friday, Saturday, and then they're having something called FACL. It's, it's a group who comes around and helps train conservatives, conservative Christians to fight back against the rules and regulations and all of that. There's a wonderful group of conservative Christians. It's called the uh, Michigan Conservative Coalition, and they're heading up this uh, Battle Cry Michigan up at the Soaring Eagle. All and right. We're having, we're having our own inaugural ball, and I share your podcast with everybody I know. I wait <laughs> breathlessly until the podcast is, is up there listed. And then I send it to all my friends. Awesome. So, well, thanks. I'll get and, it up as and, soon as this show is over for you so yep, you can spread it around. Got my, I got my smartphone to listen to WDPK on my phone. Awesome. You know, through iHeartRadio and the app and everything. So thank you so much for your courage. Thanks a lot, Elizabeth. Thanks for being out there in Beverly Hills. I got to move on because I, I need to be quick. So, Bruce, on a cell phone, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Ben, how are you? I have not spoken to you in a dog's age, it seems like. Oh, I love to hear from Bruce. Bruce from Gross Point Farms. That's the Bruce. I love you, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, yeah, Bruce with a big mouth, yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, I was listening to his beatdown of Acosta. It reminded me of what you do with a dog that will not shut up, not stop barking. You <laughs> grab, a, grab a girl, roll up newspaper. And you give him a couple of whacks across the town <laughs> so he does shut up. <laughs> you know, I am so sick of these these celebrity reporters that are so full of themselves. You know, they're, they they exist just like all these other celebrities in Hollywood. That you know, they they have their own little sphere, their own little bubble, and you know, they have lost sight of their mission. Their mission is to inform us to to be the fourth state instead of the fifth column. There. And, and what they're doing is they're becoming, so many times, they're becoming advocates for a certain political and ideological point of view, and they disguise it as journalism. It's sickening. It is. And, you know, uh, you spark, you always spark stuff that I was thinking about earlier, and you never know it, but you, I was thinking about something earlier, Bruce, and i got to let you go because i got to hit other phone calls. Right. But real quick, um, what Bruce has sparked in my mind is what is really the basis of the Democrat Party? Why do the Hollywood elites you know, always seem to go to the left. And it isn't just because they want to have a career. They naturally go to the left. But why? The reason why is because if you really want to pin down what Democrats really run on, they run on jealousy. Not that they, the politician, are jealous, but they try to make the base voters jealous of other groups, no matter what it is. See, they divide social classes to make you jealous of a richer class so that you will vote for them because they'll punish them and they'll give them because they didn't really deserve it. You need to be jealous of them. They've been scamming you this whole time. It's all jealousy and they try to get you into a jealous emotion so that you will want to attack that other group, even in race. Oh, the white people are 
privileged. See how they do that? Privileged, white privilege. They make up white privilege. Why? Because they want to create a jealousy factor. They want other minorities to be jealous of white people and they have something special that's, that you don't have and that we need to take it from them and it's unfair to you. It's all based on jealousy. I just wanted to throw that out there because I was pondering it, but you can sum up the Democrat Party, what they, their platform is. Be jealous of other people. That's their platform. Marianne in Allen Park, welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Hello, Marianne. Marianne has been holding on for such a long time. I don't want to let her go, but I I think she held on so long she had to step away. So let's go to Ross in Windsor. Hold on. Ross in Windsor, Canada. Welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show. Hi, Ben. How are you? Long time no talk to you. I'll be real quick. Uh, yeah, the, the left, uh, you were talking about the left. I don't know. I think the opposite of right is wrong, uh, personally. But, uh, Hey, did you know that uh, on Inauguration Day, uh, Mr. Trump is going to be seven years old, right? Yeah. You know uh, on the right. very seven. day? I didn't know that. Is his birthday that not day? On the very, no, not, not on the very day. He'll oh, okay. He puts his hand on the Bible. But um, right now it's uh, on the Hebrew calendar. I wasn't up on my Hebrew calendar, but I studied this out. It's the year 5777, and uh, they're calling it the clashing of the swords. So when he puts his hand on the Bible on Inauguration Day, he'll be 70 years old, and it will be exactly seven months and seven days past his 70th birthday. Look, Ross, those who don't study Bible prophecy won't understand what you're saying there, but I do study Bible prophecy, and you know that I do, and I understand everything you're saying there, and that's really cool. I really like that. So those of you who study Bible prophecy and the numbers and the meaning of the numbers in the Bible, what Ross just gave you is information that I didn't know, and it's a cool bit of information. Folks, I'm sorry I didn't get to every single call. I wish I could have, but... I want to tell you this. The most important thing you can take away from this show is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. I love you guys. See ya!